I mean, that's not. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 53, 52. <laughs> we should have looked that up before we started recording. We were doing all this other prep except for that. <laughs> of um, Under Further Review with Burke and Jen. I'm Burke. I'm Jen. And uh, we've, I realize we've taken another um, short hiatus, so thanks for rejoining us this week. Um, so we have so much to talk about and really a wide variety of issues, sports, entertainment, lots of reality TV, stew. Exactly. It's episode 52. 52. Okay. For those of you following along at home. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, our first story is a little bit old, but it was still pretty interesting to us. Um, so we wanted to talk about it this week. It involves Michael Kendricks, formerly of um, the Cleveland Browns. He has recently been picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and he has pled guilty to um, insider trading violations and will be sentenced soon. Yes. So I think part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this or like I've been bugging you about this for the last couple of weeks is because this is not our typical NFL story. Normally that, you know, involves like charges of assault and or like drunk driving. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> this is insider trading. Um, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to talk about our experiences from like corporations or taxation or any of those things. But it's actually, I mean, it's pretty run-of-the-mill insider trading stuff. It's not anything that's, you know, Wall Street level. By Wall Street level, I meant like the movies, not the actual neighborhood. Right, because he, so um, sort of some background on this story is that Kendricks and um, his, I guess, financial advisor, it's a little unclear as to how these two men were connected, uh, a guy by the name of um, Damilari Sono Sonoki. Um, I can't pronounce it correctly. Sorry. He used to work at Goldman Sachs. He became a writer on Blackish. Yes, which I feel is a very interesting career arc. Yeah. Um, they were charged with insider trading to the tune of nearly $1.2 million in profits. Um, the incident that gave rise to these charges uh, took place in the summer of 2014 um, when Sanoki told Kendricks about four corporate acquisitions. There is a civil lawsuit going on that's been filed by the SEC against the two men, um, alleging that um, Kendricks received non-public information via coded text messages and FaceTime video conversations that he then used to gain these uh, profits. Um, so they've been, each of the men has been charged with one count of securities fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit securities fraud. Um, Kendricks apparently provided $10,000 in cash and Eagles tickets um, in exchange for the stock information and also helped Sanoki appear in a Tiana Taylor video. Fun fact, Tiana Taylor is married to um, Iman Schumpert, who plays oh. for the Cleveland Cavaliers and appeared in... Um, Kanye West's video for the song Fade before he had his nervous breakdown and said slavery was a choice. Um, so uh, Kendricks apparently gained like a 400% profit in two weeks based on the illegal information that he received. Um, and uh, some uh, there's a new source, Culture Banks, which I've never heard of before. It's banks with an X. Um, notes commented on how basically two careers and reputations have been pretty well ruined for an exchange of football tickets and profits that totaled less than 5% of Michael Kendrick's total career earnings. That's fair. I mean, it just seems like a, uh, I guess the point being that they went through all of this. They're now being charged with crimes mm -hmm. for what? 
Yeah, I mean, so to that end, uh, he did plead guilty and faces possibly up to 25 years in prison. Um, and he was cut by the Browns when they found out about this, which is weird because football teams keep players for lots of other crimes and felonies, but they cut him over insider trading. Um, as Brooke said, he was picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, so it's not as if he's unemployed. The NFL is currently... Um, weighing in on what discipline should be meted out to Mr. Kendricks. Um, but I think at the, you know, going back to, is it culture banks? What they said is like, yeah, it's true. Careers have been destroyed by this, but they knew what they were doing was wrong. It's not like they stumbled into this crime. Right. Right. This is very, I mean, this is a pretty clear cut case of insider trading. It wasn't like, oh, um, I didn't, he said that he realized what he was doing was wrong. He just didn't understand technically what he was doing, but he knew that it was wrong. Okay. Right? Yeah. He so he didn't know what crime he was committing. He just knew he was probably doing something. Yeah. His quote was, well, I didn't fully understand all of the details of the illegal trades. I knew it was wrong and I wholeheartedly regret my actions. So the, um, U S so this case is pending in the eastern the federal uh district court in the eastern district of pennsylvania and the u.s attorney there commented uh and i quote your background your education your professional success will not save you it will not matter who you are it will only matter what you did which may only be the standard they apply to black people but anyway (laughs) martha stewart went to jail for insider trading that's true country club jail but she still went to jail for it right so So i guess it's just rich white guys get away with whatever anyway sorry i will i'll save the political talk for off air (laughs) um but yes that's true that there are um it does seem like uh to the extent celebrities or rich folks are held liable for things the insider trading does seem to be where they get caught up um if the men are so uh, presumably with their guilty pleas um, and I think, I'm not sure if Sonoki has pleaded guilty. And I'm really sorry. I have no idea how. There's an O and an I next to one another, and I am screwing up how to pronounce his last name. Um, I don't know if he has pled guilty. Kendricks has pled guilty, so I assume that his penalty will be reduced from kind of the maximum, um, given that he has pled guilty. But uh, if they hadn't pled guilty and went to trial on this and were convicted, the maximum prison prison sentence um, they could have been subjected to was 25 years in federal prison and fines up to $5 million in addition to disgorging all the proceeds of their illegal trades. So the SEC, ha- the complaint from the SEC reveals the text messages back and forth between Kendricks and who I will be calling Sunoki. Yeah. Um, so I sort of feel that Sunoki is actually cooperating as a witness because okay. how else would they have gotten Got these the text messages? Um, because it doesn't seem as if Kendricks was the person who was cooperating and turning in yeah. Sunoki. So, um. Yeah, because I guess you can't get a wire... T- it's not really a wire tap to like hack into someone's text messages, is it? Mm-hmm. Um no, it's probably just a subpoena to yeah. your phone company. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, their um, sentencing is pending at this point. I think it's like the end of January, maybe. Uh, so it'll get him through the season. Yeah. There were some commentators on like ESPN or other sports networks who were talking about like, oh, you know, what would happen if the Seahawks made the Super Bowl? Like, how would that impact him? I'm like... Talk about putting the cart before the horse. Like. I don't think there's any risk that the Seahawks are going to make the Super Bowl this year either. But 
Um, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's just let's just slow our roll here and uh, let Mr. Kendricks play until he gets suspended by the NFL and see where we are at the end of September and what their prison sentence will be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. As I said, I thought that the career arc for the Goldman Sachs trader from trader to writer on Blackish, yeah. yeah, which is a great show. It is. It's you would think that if he were as a talented writer, although I guess he was an analyst at Goldman Sachs, so it's not like oh. he had risen way through the ranks mm-hmm. there. But um, since I used to work in New York and had friends who worked in investment banking, it sounded like a completely horrible job. But I think he made a lot of money, so maybe he was there to help mm-hmm. fund his dream of being a writer oh, right. on a TV show. Yeah, who lives in L.A. and lives yeah. life. Um, yeah, I always thought that was really interesting because... I worked in downtown San Francisco for many, many years, and I would watch, like, all the bleary-eyed traders who basically start their day at, like, 6, 5, oh, because of the East Coast, the West Coast thing. Open, yeah. yeah, it was just crazy. I'm like, this, that must suck for you, that your whole life revolves around, like, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, that does seem terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but our second NFL story is... Right, speaking of um, suspensions... Yes. <laughs> Uh, so another name that we can't pronounce, and we're not doing very well today, um, Corey Liugit. It's spelled L-I-U-G-E-T. He is a defensive tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers. I have to remember that it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Was suspended for four games at the beginning of the season after testing positive for a performance-enhancing drug. Um, he took the suspension with good grace. Um, he said that... He, you know, he understood the penalty and it was his responsibility to ensure what went into his body, you know, complied with the requirements um, of the NFL and, you know, nothing appeared on the banned substance list. And this is what he said before the suspension. However, um, like in and around September 8th, 2018, he filed suit against his trainer, who he alleged uh, injected him um, with banned substances. So one of them would be um, an anti-inflammatory that was a banned substance, and also he was injected with another product that required a prescription with um, that Lugit doesn't have a prescription for. Uh, So he has sued his trainer, uh, Ian Danny, uh, for $15 million, which uh, damages due to lost wages, pain and suffering caused by the positive test performance and essentially um, damage to his reputation. Right. He um, appears to put a lot of value on his ability to do work in his community. And he has stated that um, the suspension uh, and the positive test results have kind of uh, infringed upon his ability to do that work. Yeah. Um, this is the first time he has been uh, popped for uh, basically violating the banned substance rule in his seven-time career. And, um, yeah, Danny is a former Canadian Olympic bobsledding team member. Uh, he's a trainer now in California. Uh, the suit was filed in California because the injections took place in California. Obviously, the Los Angeles Chargers play in California. Complicating um, things. Uh, apparently, Danny does not have a license to administer injections of any sort um, or a license to practice any kind of therapy in the state of California. Um, I was reading somewhere that his uh, business is headquartered in Arizona. Oh. Uh, so 
kind of adds a di- an additional wrinkle to the story. Not only did he lie, uh, allegedly lie about what he was giving Corey um, Lugit, but also that he didn't have the license to be giving him anything in the first place. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to bring up like matters of jurisdiction. I'm like, uh, <laughs> but it seemed that that was... No, do you want to, should we run through an analysis of... <laughs> Uh, sure. Jurors. Venue. Choice of venue. <laughs> so because... Over $75,000. Yes. And they've both people... Yeah, there's a nexus to California, so there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. It was a pretty easy analysis <laughs> yeah. as to the proper venue. Uh, as I don't know that I said, but this document was filed in the U.S. District Court in California. I'm assuming it's the um, Southern District. Right. Mm-hmm. Or is it Eastern? No, Eastern is like oh, Sacramento... Yeah. Okay. And Sacramento and East, right? Yeah, because at least the bankruptcy is like Sacramento and East. It's I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. What's Western then? Is I that don't... like, uh, what you call it, Inland Empire down south? No, I don't. Huh. No, because that's East. Yes. Shit, my geography is not doing well today. Uh, uh, so in Cal- in <laughs> or there's Central, there's the Central District the Central, of California, yeah. which I feel like captures LA, which seems weird because it's south. Um but if this is based near San Diego, that's about as south as you can get in the state of California. So I would think it's... it's Yeah, it has to be the Southern District. Southern District. So, yes, uh, sitting in San Francisco, we are in the Northern District, right. even though we are midway up the state. Yeah, it takes like another four hours to get to Oregon from here, just FYI. No, I think it's longer than that. It's like six or seven. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize... I thought Portland was like three hours north of the... Border. So I guess that would be six hours to get to. No, but I think from here to like Kings, uh, King City is uh, like six or seven hours. We are going way down a weird rabbit hole. So I'm going to figure this out while we we can move on to our next story. Um, so anyway, this lawsuit was just filed a couple weeks ago. Um, presumably there will be discovery um i'll be interested to see what ian danny's defenses are because it seems pretty easy to prove um i guess it would be a little more challenging to prove that the uh treatments took place in california but it would seem to be pretty easy to prove that he doesn't have a license to Mm -hmm. practice these particular types of um treatments in the state of california um but $15 million is a lot of money, and I don't know how much money uh, Corey Legit makes each season or each game, but it does seem like a significant part of that $15 million has to be for the pain and suffering as opposed to lost wages. So, um, Yeah, I let's see. I don't know that I have his contract available. No, I don't have his contract available. Uh, but he was selected 18th overall in the 2011 draft, and he's only 28 years old. So, um, And part of the reason he was getting these treatments is because he has broken bones in both of his feet previously. So um, I can see where he would be concerned about missing time now um, and how that would impact his future career. So he signed a five-year $51 million contract with the Chargers, including a $7.5 million signing bonus. Oh, shit. So he's missing a quarter of the season. That's about $2.5 million. Yeah. yeah so, so 12 and a half is related to pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's the story of Corey... Liujit and his lawsuit against his uh, his erstwhile trainer 
and Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, from here to Crescent City, which is just south of the Oregon border, is six hours, six and a half hours. Driving. Okay. It's 353 miles. All right. So, yeah, it's basically, actually, San Francisco is kind of smack dab in the middle of mm-hmm. the California coast, um, coastal cities, I guess. So we really should be considered Central California, um, but, but we're not. We're not. Uh, so, all right, next, moving moving right along. <laughs> um, the uh, next story we're going to be discussing relates to the Dallas Mavericks and the um, findings related to sexual pretty significant sexual harassment that took place um, within the organization and it occurs to us um, so we're recording this the week of September 24th it's the 29th today um, and of 2018 for people who are listening to this years and years and years from now um, <laughs> that's part of some time capsule yeah <laughs> Uh, so for, uh, I think for a lot of folks in this country, it has been a very trying, uh, challenging week, particularly when it comes to discussions of, um, violence against women in particular, um, sexual assault, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, we have a couple of stories from here on that will, uh, touch on issues of sexual harassment and sexual violence. Um, so we should probably have been doing this from... Uh, the jump with mm-hmm. our recordings, but just want to provide a trigger warning here that if this is these are issues that you don't want to have to listen to um, or talk about, you can skip ahead or um, just wrap things up for now. Although we do have some pretty interesting non-assault-related uh, stories coming up. So probably skip ahead 5-10 minutes and then you'll be okay. Yeah, and I'll try to do a better job in our um, in the detail of the uh, summary of the podcast, like doing um, a time frame for when we're talking about these particular issues. Because I know this will come up again at Reality TV Stoop. So I'll be sure to put in like timestamps. Um, I'll be better about that. Um, so... Yeah. So there were allegations that came out last year related to um, issues of harassment and discrimination uh, that was gender related in the Dallas Mavericks organization. The NBA and an outside legal counsel undertook a massive investigation into these allegations where I believe that over 1.6 million documents were reviewed as part Mm. of the investigation. I'm sure dozens upon dozens of people were interviewed um, and uh, essentially a report came out that found that there was essentially endemic workplace harassment, that it was like top to bottom in the organization there was improper workplace conduct towards at least 15 female employees by the USRI, the general manager, um, yeah. including inappropriate comments, touching, and forcible kissing. Um, there was found to be improper workplace conduct by the former ticket sales employee, Chris Hyde, which included inappropriate comments to women of a sexual nature, and the viewing and sharing of pornographic images and videos. Um, and it is... Uh, I think it came out in the report that uh, the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Mark Cuban, was aware of some of these issues. Maybe not all of the issues, but he was aware of some of these issues. And he was essentially found to be like an absent owner. Like he would come in and know about things and say, okay, you should take care of it and then leave again. And then never followed up on whether or not it was taken care of or really try to... um, enforce any of the discipline he said should be 
imposed on the individuals who are committing this this kind of misconduct. So Adam Silver said that the results of the investigation were disturbing and heartbreaking, but really nothing happened to the Mavs. Like, didn't they have to pay like a ten million dollar fine? That was a voluntary ten million dollar oh. contribution towards women's. Um, like violence against women's groups, but I don't think that it was a mandatory fine. Huh. He agreed to contribute $10 million. And he cried. Mark Cuban cried. cried. Yes, on Rachel Nichols' show, The Jump. Um, So, I mean, I I suppose that if he didn't agree to it, they probably would have fined him, but he had agreed to it, so it made it look like it was more uh, voluntary than anything else. I think, so we have talked a lot on this podcast about... uh, misconduct of this nature in the workplace and so we're not necessarily going to go over that i wanted to get your perspective on the fact that nothing happened to the mavs like you had donald sterling who admittedly made despicable comments about african americans while he was talking to his weird girlfriend on the phone and he lost his team they forced him to sell his team jerry richardson who's the owner of the carolina panthers again made very nauseating comments and conducted himself conducted himself towards women in a pretty reprehensible and disgusting way. He was forced to sell his team. Yeah. Like Mark Cuban gets to keep his team, gives ten million dollars to charity, which is probably a tax write off. He's worth billions of dollars. They didn't lose draft picks. They're not in any way punished. I don't understand. Like, where's the line? Right. And my recollection is that Jerry Richardson. Um, was like this the uh, behavior and actions he the conduct he engaged in was in the work like the context of the team it's not just that he's a sexist misogynist monster like in his personal life and then you Mm -hmm. know kind of ran the team um, appropriately Um, yeah I think it's I think it's super troubling and I don't really understand how it is that uh, the Mavs didn't suffer some more severe um, punishment if there was a way. So my recollection, I guess to take a step back, my recollection is the reason that Donald Sterling was forced to sell his team was because the owners kind of rose up and did whatever they have to do under the NBA bylaws to force him to sell the team. Yeah, and the players, too. I mean, there was a huge outcry. It was a very public... It was a very public issue. Um, And, yeah, and part of the comments he directed were towards Magic Johnson, who's a hugely popular figure in basketball, right? right? Like, you probably picked the wrong guy to say these things about. Not that saying this about anybody would be right, but, you know, you basically went up against a beloved character when Donald Sterling has had a very, very terrible past for mismanaging his team. Right. Like, they were terrible. Yeah. They still are kind of terrible in a weird way. But, I mean, under Donald Sterling, he did, like, the bare minimum to put a team on the floor. So, I mean, there could have been some of that going on, too. Like, let's get rid of this team to sell it to someone who's actually going to make the Clippers be a better team. But, you know, and you're right. Uh, Richardson was the one who actually did these things, yeah. and Donald Sterling was the one who actually did the things he was alleged to have done, right? Whereas Cuban is just, I am the... A negligent. Yeah, a negligent owner. owner. I 
I guess I will say, while I want to preface, I want to be really careful with how I phrase this because I think the our society at large is pretty shitty on race issues, um, really terrible on race issues. But I, I do think this is just kind of another signal among many signals that like, bad behavior towards women just isn't that upsetting to a lot of folks. And there's not much that people care to do about it. Um, is sort of how it feels like they can, you know, they talk a good game, say this is really terrible, but they don't do anything to change the culture, um, or really hold people accountable. Um, now in, I, I suppose in fairness, the folks who are actually, who were, I guess, alleged to have actually engaged in the behavior don't work for the Mavs anymore. Mm-hmm. At least um, usury does not. I don't know about, I'm, I can't, I can't remember about Chris Hyde. I can't imagine that Chris Hyde still works there. Um, so, yeah, I suppose they could have, you know, demanded that they get fired, except they already weren't working there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I, it's just seems like they're paying some lip service to, um, these issues and not really caring to solve the problem. Although I, well, and this is probably another voluntary um, issue. Was Mark Cuban going to put, like establish some kind of program for mentoring like women staffers? Yeah, within probably. The NBA? Yeah, I think that's one of the things he was going to undertake to try to change the culture within the organization. Oh. Um, just a point, Jerry Richardson engaged in both using racial slurs Slurs, and harassing women. So um, I guess on the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, listen, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I think it's uh, really good that, that uh, people are being held responsible for being terrible racists. Cause I I don't know that that has happened. I know that has not sufficiently happened um, in this country. And so that's, that's a positive development, but I, yeah, I do think, particularly in the sports landscape, um, that yeah, they just don't value women all that much. Like the NHL, for example, um, which is my favorite sport, so it's especially upsetting to me. Um, in 2018, they still have no policy about what to do when their players get accused of or um, uh, are arrested for or get in trouble for engaging in domestic violence. Wow. They had a uh, guy who plays for the Nashville Predators was suspended for like 20 games um, because he's uh, accused of beating his girlfriend up. I believe it was his girlfriend. I should, I'll just use the term partner more loosely. Um, and yeah, it came. I mean, that was in stark contrast to what happened with Slava Voinov a couple years ago, who was a Russian player, played for the LA Kings, where basically nothing happened. He got suspended from engaging in team activities, except he was still showing up at practice. And I don't think the team was ever held accountable for letting him come to practice. Um, And then he fled back to the Russian league. But there's talk that he might come back and they have no idea what they're going to do if he comes back. Like, what do they, is he still suspended? Who the hell knows? Um, That's crazy. And I just, like, how, how is this possible? And it's because I do think the NHL, based on what I know, um, you know, they have no women in um, leadership positions. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you know, they're good on some social issues. They've done a ton of great work, I think, on um, the issues of inclusion of the L- LGBT community in hockey and um, in, you know, establishing like the hockey is for everyone, um, working with 
underprivileged kids of um, largely kids of color in cities to get them playing hockey. Uh, but because it's a very expensive sport to play. It is, yeah. But when it comes to their female fans, you know, they'll have what the hell is it called? Like hockey and heels or something. They're very like aggressively gendered events for women that like wear high heels and that put on lipstick sucks. and come enjoy <laughs> hockey. And it's like the women's jerseys, oh, their jerseys. So- Tight. The fitted, the fitting part of it is fine. It's just like I don't want a pink Bruins jersey. Yeah. I want the black and gold, like everybody else. This is bullshit. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the same with the pink Red Sox hats. Uh, I could, I could go on for probably a couple of hours on this topic. Um, just get a fucking navy blue and red hat. The color looks great on everyone. What is wrong with you people? Anywho, um, all this comes back to yeah. I think it's it's super. Super troubling to me that, like, this was a take the sports piece out of it. Like, this was a corporate, you know, yeah. employment environment where there was rampant sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like they've taken any concrete steps, um, mandated anything concrete for the Mavericks to do. And, like, Mark Cuban's tears are all well and good. Um, but he, at least from what I've seen, I think I've watched him on Shark Tank once and I've seen him interviewed a bunch of times, like, hyper masculine dude who I just don't know can be uh, relied upon without some kind of professional assistance to like make things better mm-hmm. or um, actual consequences to the actions or right. consequences for failing to follow through on these actions. And just, um, you know, he, he said all of the right things or all of the appropriate things when he was interviewed by Rachel Nichols and, you know, the tears I feel were genuine, but I just, it just, it, it was just surprising to me that, for what people were accused of doing and that it was a like endemic situation in this organization that nothing happened to the organization. Um, there was a, so this whole investigation I believe was sparked by a um, sports illustrated published kind of a uh, long form mm-hmm. expose back in February about what was happening with the Mavs. And one of the, uh, quotes in here that really struck me um, was that uh, while sources referred to the Mavericks office as a quote-unquote locker room culture, the team's actual locker room was a refuge. <laughs> Says one female former senior staffer, quote, I dealt with the players all the time. I had hundreds of interactions with players and never once had an issue. They always knew how to treat people. Then I'd go to the office and it was this zoo, this complete <laughs> shit show. My anxiety would go down dealing with players. It would go up when I got to my desk. Um, and then half a dozen female former Mavericks or American Airlines Center, which is where the Mavericks play, um, employees contacted by Sports Illustrated claim that they left the sports sector because of a work environment and structure that left them feeling vulnerable and devalued while protecting and continuing to employ powerful men who misbehaved. Quote, there was a built-in protection for a lot of men, says a former male department head at the American Airlines Center. The lack of oversight and compassion within all levels of the business was overwhelming. Yeah, that's um, that is pretty startling, and sort of goes uh, contradicts any allegations that locker rooms are bastions. <laughs> like, and apparently, T- Terdema Usury uh, graduated from Princeton. He served on the school's board of trustees. He has a master's degree from Harvard, a law degree from Berkeley. Um, oh. He worked at a white shoe law firm for a few years. 
then started a career in sports. He was 32 when he was named commissioner of the CBA. Um, he was named president of Nike Sports Management in 1993, and uh, he became the CEO of the Mavericks in 1997. His name was floated as a future NBA commissioner, um, and he spent more than a decade as the Mavericks alternate governor with the NBA. He was polished, well-connected, and colleagues said a marketing whiz who could sell with evangelical conviction. Those colleagues also said that he routinely transgressed workplace boundaries. Um, and he apparently was the subject of a internal investigation while with the Mavericks in 1998 um, after several female employees made complaints about inappropriate workplace behavior. Yeah. Um, and that resulted in him keeping his job, but issuing a new employee handbook that included a sexual harassment policy. <sighs> Deep cleansing breaths, Brooke. And, and they hired a HR director named Buddy Pittman, who was supposed to save Usury from himself. Yeah, um, apparently. He sat right next to Usury's office. Apparently, Mr. Pittman was not very effective in saving Usury from himself. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so that's what I, that's the only thing I really wanted to talk about the Mavs. I mean, I think yeah. everything else is fairly straightforward, um, but I it was just very interesting that that was what resulted, which is basically nothing. Yeah. Um, what is he doing now? Uh, Mark Usury. No. Oh, Usury. Oh, I have no idea. Um, so just before we get into our next story. The way that California is carved up for the federal district court system <laughs> is super complicated. So the central district actually looks like it's it covers um, southern and central California, making it the most populous district. But it's it's basically Riverside, all the way over to Santa Ana, down to LA, covers San Luis San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. Um, so there, and it looks like there's actually a district that's even further south than that, that covers San Diego. Um, so yeah, the map for the districts in California and what they're called make no sense to me. So, uh, I know that you were all waiting with bated breath about where I landed on that. Um, it's also unclear where, uh, Tradema Usury is working now. He left, the um, Mavericks to take a job with Under Armour, but then apparently uh, resigned within three months. Basically uh, when this came out? No, back in 2015. And uh, his Wikipedia page does not say where he is now. Oh. <laughs> um, although he has a very extensive list of corporate and charitable boards that he sits on. So, mm. um, anywho, yeah. that's a really heartwarming story. For this week, I mean, hopefully, listen, I uh, I will uh, continue to live in perpetual hope that people will stop being shitty and Mark Cuban is genuinely committed to, like, making the Mavericks a place that's better for women to work and is supportive of them in the workplace. And by that, I simply mean that they aren't being aggressively harassed at work. Um, and I, you know, but I think that takes time. So he's got to put his, um, I guess, put his actions where his mouth and his money are right now. Absolutely. Um, so, all right, trigger warning off temporarily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on to what I find this is sort of the, uh, entertainment, not sports part of the, um, part of the podcast. This story is pretty crazy. Um, 
And it relates to actress Fan Bingbing, who is, I think, widely, at least currently, um, widely viewed as China's most famous actress. Mm -hmm. um, and she has disappeared from public sight since, uh, I guess, Late early, June, July. early July. She yeah. was last seen in public um, at the beginning of July. She was last, um, she last had sort of activity on her social media profiles, um, the Chinese equivalent of Twitter, because I guess Twitter is not allowed Correct. in China. It um, is banned. It's called Weibo. Uh, she has 62 million followers. The last time she sent out a message to them was July 23rd, and she has not been seen or heard from since. Yes. The other thing is that uh, her boyfriend has erased all like mentions of her, pictures of her in his Weibo, um, stemming back to like the the summer, which I find really really crazy and creepy and that scary. seems like more alarming than yeah. like she could have just taken a break but the fact that she's been erased from his yes um, that seems to me to be like okay we are actually <coughs> trying to make her disappear so so, <laughs> so why is this why are we worried about this is it just that she's like a missing lady no no we don't think so <laughs> absolutely not um so she is like the fifth highest paid actress in the world in 2016 um one interesting, and so I will just say, um, I am no expert on the government in China, but apparently things run very differently there than they do in the United States. Um, and there's a lot more, um, maybe interference sounds like too negative, but there's a lot more involvement of the Chinese government and kind of like how famous people live their lives mm -hmm. and what the expectations yes. are. That is a totally fair statement. So um, the... Uh, the Chinese government has expressed kind of uh, they they expect very minimal shows of wealth from their celebrities. Still a communist country. Right. They want the focus of the media coverage of celebrities to be on their kind of charity work and altruism. And they expect celebrities to keep a uh, clean reputation. Um, they want to signal to China's youth that you shouldn't incur. They don't want to encourage money worship as opposed to core socialist values. And all of this is relevant because it appears the speculation is that Fan Bingbing is missing because she's been taken into government custody or placed under government control um, as a result of a tax evasion scandal that kind of blew up in May of this year, uh, where it was alleged that a film... So the story goes that there was some kind of disgruntled TV host who... Uh, released a bunch of information about um, various celebrities in China who have what are referred to as yin-yang contracts. I didn't come up with that myself. <laughs> and what that So I won't call you a racist. Thanks. Um, I'm just repeating a racist person. I don't know, but I think they're called that in China. So yeah. anyway, um, a, the, that structure is where you have two contracts, one that has a smaller amount in it that you report back to the government for tax purposes. The Yang side. Right. And then the uh, one that shows the real money you are getting paid. The Yin side. Um, so in um, Fan Bing Bing's case, so the... The information that was released didn't put a name um, with the person who had allegedly signed this particular set of yin-yang contracts. Um, however, it was fans quickly speculated um, that it had to be fan bing-bing. And so the story goes that on her film um, Cell Phone 2, excuse me, she signed two contracts, one of which said that she was getting paid about $1.5 million or $10 million, um, 
renminbi, which is the Chinese currency that I think I'm pronouncing correctly. You're, yeah, I really you should <laughs> work on my pronunciation of things. Um, and that's the one she reported back to the government. The one that she actually got paid was worth about $7.5 million US, 50 million renminbi. Um, and that's money she actually made she only paid taxes on the one and a half million dollars um the when the story broke the government said it would be um investigating and she has basically not been seen so her people have said this is complete bullshit she didn't do anything wrong she's not involved in this but um she hasn't been seen she's been dropped from sponsorships including mont blanc pens suisse vitamins which is an australian vitamin company her two most recent movies the lord of ravage ravaging dynasties 2 um which i thought the first one was so good right just and then kidding, i have no idea airstrike which um is also starring bruce willis and Adrian Brody both have been significantly delayed in their release times. It's unclear what is going to happen with her role in the movie 355, which is the female-centric spy movie that's uh, headed by Jessica Chastain and is also going to star Lupita Nyong'o. Um, there are stories that she's going to be, her part will be recast unless she reappears sometime soon. Um, there are claims that she was seen at an immigration office in Los Angeles and has been advised by Jackie Chan that she should seek asylum in the United States. Jackie Chan says that's not true. Um, the state-run newspaper Securities Daily has said she's under control of the government and will accept whatever their legal decision is. That story was retracted hours later. Um, and while all this was going on, the um, kind of consistent with the idea that the Chinese government wants their um, celebrities to be focusing on being really good people. Um, there was a report issued by Beijing Normal University that kind of ranked real famous people in China based on their social conscience. And Fan Bingbing got the lowest possible rating, a zero out of 100 for social responsibility. Um, now, the claim is that this study may have been issued to kind it of support what's going on with her but um yeah it's fucking nuts where the hell is she <laughs> so um you know china has never been really awesome about its human rights issues and has been um basically indicted on many human rights abuses over the course of the communist rule in china since 1948 but it feels like they've stepped up their disappearances practice uh in 2018 so there's a very powerful organization within the communist party in china called the national supervision commission and this is the body that most people believe have disappeared fan bingbing um they go around sort of disappearing people it's a very powerful tactic to use because you essentially don't feel safe ever right like you can be snatched your family can be snatched and no one can find you um there are you know individuals who have written about like corruption who have been disappeared in china uh that was particularly you know one journalist called chen jiren who was who was disappeared um you know, his wife, his two brothers were taken away. When his lawyer tried to visit him, they were informed that Chen was being held by the National Supervision Commission and had no right to legal counsel. Um, another individual was a former driver for a local party official who um, was under investigation by the same organization, and he mysteriously died while in custody. Uh, they said that he just collapsed during in his interrogation. Um, so, you know... While there is some, like, a little bit of 
I mean, a little bit of like Scooby-Doo mystery as to what happened to Fan Bingbing. I mean, it could be actually kind of serious. Yeah. I think the one saving grace is that she, because she is so popular and so widely known that I don't know that they could do anything so super serious because it would raise like, you know, not only the 60 plus million followers she has in China, but the fact that, she, you know, she was in... Um, one of the X-Men movies. She Blink. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, she's also kind of known elsewhere outside of China so yeah. that for her to for her to disappear is crazy, but I don't know. I mean, that might actually save her from any much more serious consequences, although being disappeared is pretty serious. Um, and I guess if... So another, at least in my view, pretty famous person who was uh, dis. I guess less so disappeared because everybody knew what happened to him was Ai Weiwei, the Mm -hmm. um, Chinese artist who uh, had a pretty well-known exhibition at Alcatraz. Um, And he was arrested in um, 2011 and held for 81 days in prison without any official charges, um, although they had said he had committed, quote-unquote, the government, I mean, said he committed um, economic crimes. He has been very openly critical of the government's stance on democracy and human rights and um, tried to investigate a... uh, instance of government corruption and cover-ups related to earthquakes and then there was a school corruption scandal anyway he was sent to prison he was ultimately released um and he did flee the country or leave the country i guess um and that took four years after he was released from jail um and now he lives in berlin and is continuing to do his work Mm -hmm. but if that's anything to go by Hopefully, Fan Bingbing will reappear and um, can eventually get her freedom. Although it sounds like even if they let her uh, release her from government custody or wherever she's currently mm-hmm. being held, she might not be able to leave the country without government minders for quite some time. Exactly. Um, it is. I mean, it's nuts. We're talking about like it's 2018. They're still disappearing people. Yeah. Um, and she. What's interesting to me is like she has founded charities so it's not and right before she went missing she was visiting like a a school in nepal or tibet Mm -hmm. or something um i can't remember children's hospital oh maybe it was a children's hospital i knew it had something to do with kids but i don't know where it was in the western part of the country or nepal i guess um also Sorry to jump around a bunch the director of cell phone too so the release of this uh, uh the alleged yin-yang contracts and tax evasion uh, supporting documents has led to a uh, kind of widespread government investigation of um, both the movie Cell Phone 2 and also the Chinese entertainment industry in general, mm-hmm. um, which uh, has resulted in um, a number of prominent Chinese TV and film companies signing a joint pledge to abide by the government's wishes to kind of limit pay for um, people in the entertainment industry. And the director of Cell Phone 2 also had a film that was going to be appearing at the Cannes Film Festival. Apparently he was not allowed to be present there. Um, Unclear if he too has gone missing or is just being kind of limited in the things that he can do. But um, this the story goes beyond just what's happened to Fan Bing Bing. It just seems mm-hmm. that she's kind of the most famous person that has gone missing as a result of this um, 
situation. Yeah, but it is a pretty delicate situation that especially famous people in yeah. China have to tread because of essentially the government's imposition and interference into their professional lives because of the societal norms that they want their famous people to project. I was reading the plot for the film Cell Phone One. Yeah. It didn't sound particularly funny, but apparently it's an uproarious comedy drama. Oh, really? Yeah. I was thinking that it was a horror movie. Me too! Because I think there's a horror movie... An American horror movie that's yeah has something to do with like a cell phone. No, this is about a TV host who has an affair, um, and basically um, the TV host has to diligently erase all text messages and call records between him and the woman he's having an affair with before he gets home to avoid detection by his wife. And one night, after telling his mistress, or yes, that he had a work meeting, the phones got mixed up, and you know. Uh-oh. Hilarity and drama ensue, and that was so not what I was thinking of when you were like cell phone too. No, so the movie I was thinking of, I believe, is Cellular, which is an American uh, with crime Halle thriller. Berry? No, no, that's a different one. This yeah. is with Chris Evans, Jason Statham, and Kim Basinger. Oh, um, where Kim Basinger gets kidnapped by Jason Statham, that's and right. I think Chris Evans is her son, maybe, like, and she's in the trunk of a car. Oh, maybe? could be. Okay. Oh no, not her son. She just somehow gets a like bro- finds a broken phone and connects with Chris Evans, who is a quote unquote carefree young man who has just been dumped by his girlfriend, played by Jessica Biel. Anyway. Sure. Um, Ryan, the character played by Chris Evans, then gets like dragged in to try and save Kim Basinger. <laughs> uh, yeah, but neither of those movies sound like anything I'd want to watch. So no, not even a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So our next story. Three minute warning time. Yeah. Is, um, so as I feel like is well documented in my life as a, as a person, but maybe not so much on the podcast, I really deeply dislike one of Paltrow. Um, and so this story brought me a lot of joy, but I do feel bad for the women who um, took her advice and, and have been duped by her. Right. Like it doesn't sound like anything really bad happened, but just spent a lot of money based on bullshit claims. So as you may be aware, one of Paltrow has taken a bit of a step back from her acting career in order to become a lifestyle guru. Um, and that is mostly evidenced through her website, Goop, which is gross. Um, <laughs> is it her initials? I don't know. Is O? Does she have two middle initials that are O's? I have no idea. I will find out while you talk then. Um. So Goop, you know, started out as just a little website and has kind of like blown up into this huge lifestyle brand where they run, um, they run conferences for thousands of dollars that you can attend. Lindy West did a wonderful oh, story, hilarious. I think, in the Guardian where she attended a goop conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they, it's, it's shit about like how to eat better and, you know, uh, make yourself healthier. Um, you know, walk around with crystals and it'll fix your life, I guess. None of which is that, tr- I mean, it's all seems like a giant scam, but you know, whatever you want to buy some crystals and stick them in your purse and it makes you feel better about your life. Who the hell cares? Mm-hmm. Where um, Gwyneth and her company seem to have run into a problem is that they are offering like scientific and medical advice uh, related to, um, in this particular case, uh, jade eggs, which maybe we should have put another trigger warning on this. We'll be talking about vaginas during this segment. (laughs) 
um, jade eggs, which uh, you insert into your vagina, where uh, Goop has claimed that they can correct hormonal imbalances, boost orgasms, prevent uterine prolapse, and regulate your periods. None of that is proven by any kind of scientific evidence, however. Um, and so they they were sued um, and just settled uh, the lawsuit for $145,000 and were told they're not allowed to advertise any products um, as having like scientific or medical benefits um, with quote without possessing competent and reliable scientific evidence. Um, so if people who bought any of you are listening and you bought Goop's Jade or Rose Quartz egg, the jade egg, I think, is more expensive than the rose quartz egg. Yes. Or bought the quote-unquote inner judge flower essence blend, which was marketed to prevent shame spirals and cure depression. Um, during 2017, you can get a full refund. Uh, 3,000 of the eggs were sold from the Goop website. They were, like, so expensive. They were $66 for the jade one and $55 for the quartz one. Did she sell? I thought there was one that sold for, like, over $100. That's possible. But, yeah, I mean, the last article that I read, yeah. that's the price of the eggs. Okay. But I don't know if that represents, like, the discounted price now because they don't do anything. Or That could be. Um, so... On the one hand, these eggs have dated back reportedly to Taoist times in China um, for the purpose of exercising women's pelvic floors. Um, That's a weird way to do a Kegel exercise. Right, but not to like fix hormonal imbalances, which how the fuck could they possibly do that? But um, Yeah, so Goop <laughs> now says the eggs will, quote, increase sexual energy and pleasure and boost positive energy and love. How the hell do you even... Me- I just... I mean, I guess it's that's not the medical, idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not being measured. It's not medical or scientific information. It's yeah. just like, this egg will just be... Will make you feel good, not based on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that um, Gwyneth Paltrow had said to a Harvard Business School class that she basically... Like, any publicity is good publicity for her. She said, I quote, I can monetize those eyeballs. It's disgusting. Yeah. I also, she just, like, is a particular type of, like, crappy rich person who, you know, acts like any normal human has tons of time to make, like, macrobiotic food from mm-hmm. from scratch Crash. and uh, uh, can spend hundreds of dollars on this bullshit that's not actually going to, I mean, you know, maybe it'll make you feel better. And if there's, like, some psychic value to it, again, I guess it's not hurting anybody, but... Um, it just seems like she presents a very skewed view of how to like make your life better that should only is only really feasible for a particular type of rich person, and oh. she never acknowledges that. I do, however, um, I will go on. I realize I've been ranting about her for uh, quite a while on this podcast and for years in my <laughs> personal life. Um, I do feel some sympathy for her because there was. I can't remember where I was listening to this. I'm sure it was on another podcast I listened to, talking about how like she a lot of her like weird what I would term as weird food stuff stems from her dad's illness and death. So her father is Bruce Paltrow. Um, I think he was like a pretty producer. famous TV director and oh, producer yeah. from mm-hmm. the '80s. Um, and he got throat cancer and he kind of ate whatever he wanted to eat and lived his life the way he wanted to, putting things in his body that probably didn't, were not 
great for him. And she became convinced, the story goes, when he got sick, that like if only he would go on a macrobiotic diet, he would get better. And then for her birthday, so he went into remission. For her birthday, he went, he took her to Rome, not knowing that his cancer had relapsed. He mm -hmm. got sick there and died while she was alone with him on vacation. Um, so that seems to be when she really went off the deep end in terms oh, of the, all this like diet. clean living stuff. So um, on the one hand, like that must be terrible. And if you think this is what's going to save your beloved parent and uh, then they die on you, that would be very traumatic, I can imagine. But like now she's inflicting potentially uh, at least significant expense on people who, you know, they're all adults, I guess, but... I suppose that bothers me less than the offering medical advice because yes. she's got this doctor who says you should only eat between like 7 and 8 p.m. at night or something <laughs> and just like crazy shit that makes no sense but it's being offered as like I'm a doctor and I'm saying this and mm -hmm. people will believe it and it just seems inappropriate and So wrong. I mean I do vaguely recall when goop became a thing and everyone was very interested in this like sort of inside look into her life. And I can't remember, did she ever say that this should be adopted by everybody? Or was she essentially saying, look, this is a very particular lifestyle to the less than 0.1% of the people who can actually do this? Like, no, I think she advocates that everybody should live like this. Okay. Lindy West also did an amazing series where she cooked like Gwyneth Paltrow yeah, from really. the Goop mm -hmm. cookbook. I can go back and research those stories and then tweet them out to people because they're... Lindy West, I think, is very funny. Yeah, but they um, were, yeah, those, those yeah. whole, yeah. And her serious. takeaway was it takes all goddamn day to make one meal mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. tastes terrible. Yeah. So, um, in any event, I hope at the very least this will uh, slow down or put an end to the advocating of um, kind of quack science as actual medical evidence of things, although I'm sure that that's not really the case but i don't know um, this website is all over the place yeah like so she has a whole section on detox mm -hmm. and then you hear and i say this as a as a uh fan of juice cleanses that like your liver is can detox you itself like maybe you should eat a little healthier but you don't need to go on like an aggressive like detox diet that's what your, your liver body, and kidneys yeah, that's what your body is for. for um her vaginal steaming again horrifying and uh, seems deeply unnecessary and possibly bad for your health. Um, we'll not go into details on why, because nobody probably wants to listen to that as they're listening to this very pleasant <laughs> podcast. But just use your imagination. Um, and yeah, I just hopefully this will make her think twice about offering kind of opinion as fact. And um, it's like even it's quack opinion as fact. Well, yeah, too, that's true. Right? I mean. Um, so yeah, that's goop lost $145,000 and has, to, they have to refund. I don't think that includes if you bought the eggs yeah, or the, uh, the thing, the mist that will help you avoid shame spirals. You can also get that money. No, back. the money, the $145,000 for civil penalties. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure it goes to like consumer watchdog groups or something. No. Yeah. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is getting married this weekend. So, you know, good luck. God bless, I guess. To that Brad dude. Brad Falchuk. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought they were already married, but... They had, like, a very big rehearsal... No, not rehearsal dinner, engagement party that I think there was speculation they were getting married, like, during the dinner, but mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that happened. I think they're getting married in the Hamptons this weekend. Got it. 
there's a section on greener ways to die uh, on her website. Oh. Yeah. Lessening the environmental impact of your um, funeral. So fully unrelated to anything legal, but um, on that topic, I read a great book for anyone who has a mildly morbid sense about themselves um, called Smoke in Your Eyes, which is a memoir of a young woman who worked at a crematorium in Oakland, um, all about like the how death has become industrialized in this country. And um, I will say, even though I dislike Gwyneth and think she's a wacko bird, um, the funeral industry and how um, much it interferes with like families in the grieving process and what a money-making uh, monster it's become mm -hmm. is super troubling. So if there's a way to change the way we view death in this country, I would support that. Or at least how we, um, uh, like how we not process it from the standpoint of sort of your own internal and emotional way that you work through it, but just like the funeral and the, um, yeah. as you say, the cremation process. And it's become like, very like industrialized. It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just looking at some flats on the good website that are, I think the least expensive pair was like, $250. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, all right. I think it's time for reality TV soup. It is. I'm um, turning it over to you. Yeah. So another trigger warning. Um, we have two conversations or two um, uh, stories this week that both relate to um, sexual assault and rape charges. Uh, the first of which is a callback to, so probably uh, if you're listening to this now, you will just want to skip to the end. Um, so the first story relates to a topic we've discussed at great length previously. Um, Thomas Ravenel, who is formerly a member of the cast of uh, Southern Charm, a TV show on Bravo, has been formally charged with assault and battery in the second degree um, in Charleston, South Carolina, for the alleged rape of his um, uh, children's former nanny, who is known on the show as Nanny Dawn. Um, he was booked at 10, 11 a.m. on Tuesday of this week um, at the Charleston City Police Department. He was released with no bond. Um, he uh, is not coming back to the show. And apparently um, the story has then... Uh, he was initially released with no bond, I should say. Um, he was then granted a release on $20,000 personal recognizance and ordered to return in his passport, avoid contact with the victim, and he's not allowed to leave um, South Carolina. This investigation has been ongoing since May. Um, so this is not the... So he's been accused of... Uh, raping Nanny Dawn and then I think attempting to rape a woman he went on a date with last winter. Um, so this charge, yes. <laughs> so this charge only relates to the incident with his um, children's nanny um, where he allegedly quote unquote corralled her into the master bedroom, took off his pants, blocked the door and then ripped her clothes off. Um, she says she was eventually able to get away. Um, the arrest report lists the crime that he is accused of, although it, at this point it's just just um, assault and battery. He uh, does list a, um, uh, on the arrest report, excuse me, the crime incident is listed as a sex offense slash forcible rape. Um, apparently, Nanny Dawn was not at the uh, arraignment on Tuesday. Um, 
She had previously said that while she thinks he should be jailed for his crime, she understands that that's probably not likely given where we're at. Yes. So, breaking news, Burke Duffy. (gasps) So, apparently, Nanny Dawn had spoken to um, Amy... Perkins? No. Ashley Perkins. Ashley Perkins, who's yeah. the daughter of the woman that Ravenel allegedly assaulted at Christmas, at Christmas yes. on their date um, prior to her coming forward with these allegations. Yeah. So on Thursday, less than 48 hours after his arrest, I'm reading this off of fitsnews.com, so I have no idea if this is actually true <laughs> or not. Um, Perkins sent out a tweet that said, quote, Regarding the arrest of Thomas Ravenel, I want to state that the alleged victim contacted me before she went to the police. We talked around 20 hours. Her story to me regarding Thomas has no resemblance to the police report and her interviews with the media. I have informed the police and Ravenel's attorneys. Oh, shit. Unquote. Yes. So she followed up that um, (sighs) tweet with a... Something similar to, it's not that her claim, she further claimed that there were major discrepancies between what Dawn told her and what she told to the police and press. Huh. Yeah. So this came out an hour ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's intense. Okay. <laughs> um, part of me wonders, I mean, not to speculate and think the worst of people, but like, did he pay her and her mom off, and now this is what's happening? Wait, didn't they mediate that issue? I think they were and, trying to. Yeah, yeah, and there was definitely, um, I know there was money involved. I mean, let's just put it this way. When you are in a Senate race against Lindsey Graham, which is what Thomas <laughs> Ravenel found himself in a couple years ago, and, like, you're the worst choice, <laughs> that's troubling. Um <laughs> He was previously, not that this has any relevance to his <coughs> most recent claims against him. Excuse my coughing. Um, he was, he did spend time in federal prison on uh, cocaine distribution charges. So he's not like a great guy, although I don't think drug offenses should like color your um, your entire future. But he's his person who's found himself in trouble before. Um, wow, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So again, I mean, this is on fitsnews.com. I have no idea like what sort of news outlet this is, but uh, yeah, this came out about an hour ago. I guess if I wanted to do some actual investigative journalism, I would go on to Ms. Perkins's um, Instagram to read what she actually wrote. So, Um, and uh, Thomas Ravenel's girlfriend, who I thought they broke up, but I guess they're back together. Ashley Jacobs thinks that he's innocent. She is standing by him. There's now a question of whether um, his ex-girlfriend, Catherine Dennis, the mother of his children, also on the TV show, um, will now get uh, full custody of their kids because they have been fighting. It's been a pretty ugly fight over that. Um, But yeah, he's uh, shit. Yeah, the uh, sexual assault allegation against uh, Ms. Perkins's mother the other yeah. Ms. Perkins, was settled for $200,000. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Not to question Ashley Perkins' motives, but it seems weird and convenient. Um, yeah, I mean, she didn't say that the the things that um, Nanny Dawn said weren't true. They She just said that there were major discrepancies. So, 
I mean, you can read that any which way at this particular point, since literally that was breaking news, people. It's not even coming up when I'm searching on Google for stories about him. I just Googled Southern Charm and Hit News, and that was the very first thing that popped up. Oh, okay. Fitz News. Again, no idea what kind of media outlet this is. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. Oh, it looks like it's um, a lot of news in South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so that's a one upsetting story, or maybe not upsetting, depending on how you look at it. The It looks like a fairly um, conservative-ish web uh, news outlet, uh, because some of the headlines read, and just to you know, provide some context, is like, Lindsey Graham eviscerates Democrats during Brett Kavanaugh hearing. Um, yeah, so uh, hmm. why American life expectancy is declining, although that's not necessarily a conservative news item. I'm just, these are just some of the things. Um, yeah, anyways. Southern charm accuser flipped the bizarre about face of Ashley Perkins. Interesting. So, you know, this could come out as something that's debunked, but I guess I could, again, do some actual work and look at Ashley Perkins. <laughs> Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Um, so while you're doing that, I will share our second story in reality TV, Stoop, um, which relates to a member, well, a husband of a member of the Real Housewives of Potomac cast. Um, Ashley Darby's husband, Michael Darby, has been charged with... Uh, second degree assault and fourth degree sexual contact in Montgomery County, Maryland, stemming from a complaint by Orville Palmer, who is a cameraman who works on the Real Houses of Potomac, um, which Ashley Darby stars on. Michael frequently appears. Um, the reports are that Darby groped Palmer's buttocks on September 1st during filming. Palmer told authorities, as I walked out to the pool patio area, Michael Darby grabbed and groped um, my butt several times. As I turned around, he smiled and gave me a flirtatious look. There was a summons issued on September 4th, and he is Darby is scheduled to appear in court on October 16th. Um, this is super troubling for a lot of reasons. Um, Michael Darby has been the subject of claims on the, um, on the show that he has engaged in like inappropriate sexual behavior with, um, people, not his wife. Uh, mm -hmm. but none of that has really been substantiated. It's just mostly, uh, the ladies talking shit about Michael, but this does seem to be, um, at least, well, substantiated enough that an uh, arrest warrant would be issued and he'd be actually charged. Um, Michael Darby is not, has been kind of kicked off of filming. I don't know if they can fire him because I'm not sure he's actually a cast. I don't know how it works with the husbands of the cast members. Mm -hmm. um, but he is no longer participating in production of The Real Housewives of Potomac. And, um, yeah, he'll be in court on October 16th unless that gets delayed. So that's... That story, um, if for anyone who watches The Real Housewives of Potomac, Michael is terrible and a creepy monster. Um, even just to his wife, he's pretty mean to her and uh, shitty. So not that that has any bearing on whether he committed sexual assault, but just uh, uh, seemed like a relevant fact I wanted to share with everyone. <laughs> so following up, Ashley Perkins 89 is not found on Instagram. Oh. So, and that looks like it's the account in which the Fitz News is relying upon. 
So at Ashley Perkins 89, when I tried to search for it, it doesn't come up as an ad, like a person. So I think I'm calling into question fake news on the internet hmm. or calling into question this account of what Ashley Perkins is saying. Yeah. So there's that. All right. So I guess we shall see what happens with these two stories as they are developing as we speak. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's it for the reality TV stoop. Um, we will probably not get any resolution on this um, anytime soon because it sounds like it's pretty early in the process, right? I mean, he was just... He was just... Yeah, so Mike, both um, men were just recently charged with the crimes for which they are accused. So it'll probably be a while before there's any kind of resolution on these items. But we'll provide updates as we, um, as we go along. So I think we're at the end of our, our episode this week. Um, as always, if you want to check us out on Twitter or Instagram, our handle is UFR underscore BG at both of those. Um, you can also check out our website under further review dash BG.com. And you can always email us questions at under further review dot BG at gmail.com. Have we checked our email recently to see if we actually had any questions? No. I mean, I kind of doubt that we do, but I was just curious. Let's do this real, t real, uh, like in, in real time. I think I can access it from my computer pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, or perhaps not. Oh wait. Yeah. Hold on. Let's so, see. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really, I mean, God, I hate the internet sometimes. Like, it can be so helpful, but then tells you all of these things that are lies. Um, oh, we actually did get some um, information about uh, lapel mics we could use to improve our sound quality from a... Uh, uh, a friend of mine, so I'll, oh. we'll look into that since this, she sent this email helpfully about a month and a half ago, and clearly we haven't checked her email, but I'll be better about doing that. So um, anyway, all right, we'll check cool. that out, and we hopefully our sound quality will be improved. Um, and I don't know if it's now just going to be a running joke that we don't have theme music or we should look into that further. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Thanks all for listening, <laughs> and we'll uh, be back. I think next week. Hopefully soon. Mm. Thanks. Bye. Bye.